Because Maleficent is still in the theaters at the time of this podcast recording, the first few minutes of this movie review will be spoiler-free. You're listening to Once, episode 152, Maleficent Movie Review. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Aaron J. And we're happy for you to be joining us. And Aaron, what'd you think of this movie, Maleficent? I loved it. It was cool. It was, in some ways, so much Once Upon a Time-like. It was, in fact, very Once Upon a Time-like. Because we got to see a familiar story, a fairy tale. Very familiar to us, very Disney-ified with certain colors and certain shapes and things. And we'll talk more about some of those specific details in a moment. But it reminds us a lot of Disney stuff. And it even said in the credits, based on Sleeping Beauty by Walt Disney Pictures, as well as the original fairy tale. So there were a lot of things like that. But it was a really interesting twist because it gave us some backstory to Maleficent and gave us other interesting twists and turns about it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was so excited to see it, and I'm so glad it didn't let me down because sometimes when you're that excited to go see a movie that you've been waiting for for, I don't know, like a year or something, sometimes then it's not very good and you're very disappointed. So it did not disappoint me at all. Yeah, Angelina Jolie did a great job as Maleficent. She did. Yeah, she did a fantastic job. She was like, she was scary, but then loving and. Like, you got to see all sides of her, so. Her laugh was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Very much like I rewatched Sleeping Beauty last night, the animated version, and some of her sayings and her laughs and stuff were very much like Maleficent from that movie. Yeah, they did a great job, and uh, certain things about her, I didn't realize until the movie that they were actually part of her, like the horns. I just always thought those were decorations. It was a hat. I just thought it was a hat. <laughs> but here, this is actually part of her as a fairy, which was really cool. Yeah, she didn't really look like the other fairies, but she had some unique features. Since we're talking spoiler-free for a little bit, what do you think about the family friendliness of this? It was pretty violent, but other than the violence, which you're going to get in any fairy tale, I thought it was pretty family friendly. There wasn't a lot of other stuff in it. I don't think I heard a single bad word, if I recall correctly. And there wasn't, you know, the, I, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty family friendly other than the violence. So maybe your older kids, it would probably be pretty scary for, for little kids. Yeah, the, the creatures, there are here and there some creatures, like some big tree creatures that fight in a little war, and there is some violence. There's not much gore. Uh, not no. actually a lot of people die in this. You don't really see them die, very many of them. You just see them get whacked around a whole lot. And the fight yeah. scenes do last for quite a while each time that they, they happen. They do. But the graphics are amazing. But uh, the so creatures, good. actually, I'd say there are more of these fairy tale creatures that look friendly and fun than there are that look menacing. That's true as well. 
there were a couple that are scary looking as well that, you know, may or may not actually be scary in their demeanor just because they look that way. Yeah. So I'd say if you can handle or if your children can handle some violence, uh, no worse than we see on normal television shows. But if they can handle some violence, then this is probably okay. It was rated PG, but then, of course, it's up to the parents out there and the families to decide what is appropriate for their children. But nothing really overtly bad about it to say, whoa, younger people shouldn't be watching this because it wasn't that yeah. scary. It just had some darker moments, sort of. Yeah, there were some really intense moments, but I don't know that kids would understand I do wonder what it's rated here because usually we're rated one down from you in Canada. Oh, really? So if you guys are like PG-13, we're we're PG. Like we rarely have rated R movies here. They're always 18A. So I wonder if it's rated G here. I should have looked at that, but Hmm. I didn't think of it. I almost thought because of some of the violence, maybe it deserved a 13 rating. But then again, PG-13 seems like too much, uh, too big of a rating. So it's fun. And most of the darkness to it, because yes, this is about Maleficent, a dark character, but most of the darkness, I would say, is more like a, an inner struggle darkness, an emotional Mm -hmm. darkness that we see some people torn apart by greed, some people torn apart by um, ambitions, some people torn apart by love in certain ways. Yeah. And even, even revenge, like she reminded me a lot of Regina's character in Once Upon a Time. And I don't know if if that was intentional, but I'm sure it wasn't. (laughs) But that seems to be kind of a new theme, right? You tell the story of the villain instead of telling the story of the the hero. Yeah, and we'll get more into some of the spoiler details in a little bit. But big thanks to Lisa Slack, Steve Johnson, and David Newland for donating to this episode of One's Podcast. We really appreciate your support, especially now that we're in hiatus season, because that's when we're producing fewer episodes, but the expenses are still there to run the podcast, run the website and everything. So we really appreciate the support and our Patreon backers. We're at $16.50 per episode right now. We really appreciate that support. So there are three different ways that you can donate to One's Podcast if you like what we're doing here. All three of them you can get from onespodcast.com slash sponsor. But you can donate a one-time donation of any amount. You can donate an automatic monthly donation. Or you can donate an automatic per episode donation through Patreon. All three of those options are over at onespodcast.com slash sponsor. And again, big thanks to Lisa Steve and David for your continued sponsorship of Once Podcast. Thank you. There are so many things in this that harken back to traditional Disney, like even the the Disney intro sequence we're used to seeing with the fireworks and everything. It starts out looking the same, but then it shows the castle and the castle is completely different. And there was someone in the theater when we watched it that I heard someone say, oh, they never show that side of the Disney castle, <laughs> but it was actually showing aurora's castle that we're familiar with from the disney version of sleeping beauty and also there was a moment where we got to see maleficent's castle that looked like the disney version but we only got to see it just for a brief moment and it was all torn down i actually i don't know what it was like where you watched it but i was so in shock that the movie was starting already that i didn't even realize that it was starting at first because they played one trailer without 3d and then one 3d trailer and that's it no ads 
no other trailers, and that never happens. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, what? The movie's starting already? This looks very like Disney. <laughs> so I didn't pay much attention. I saw it in 3D at an IMAX theater. You also saw it in 3D. Do you think it's worth the 3D? There were some cool spots, but to me, I feel like 3D is overhyped. I get used to it after a while, and it no longer yeah. interests me. I don't know if it was worth it or not. Um, that was our only option. I probably wouldn't have gone in 3D if it had, if I had have been another option. I also got to pick my seat. Like we get to pick our seats ahead of time if you go in 3D. So that those were kind of the reasons I went in 3D. I agree, 3D is mostly overrated. I'm not a huge fan of it. So I think it will be just as good not in 3D. As a member of the press, I get to go and sit before everyone else. So there's this long line of 200 people or more. I get to go stand in my own little line and then we get to sit first. So I get to pick the perfect seat in the house to enjoy the movie. And it it was a lot of fun seeing this movie. So we want to talk about this movie and review it more and give some spoilers. So be forewarned, if you have not seen the movie and you don't want to be spoiled yet, then after we play this music uh, from the soundtrack, then stop listening to the podcast, come back later after you've seen the movie. But if you don't mind being spoiled or you've already seen the movie, then certainly continue on. The soundtrack I really liked. It was very fun, very magical soundtrack by James Newton Howard. And here is some of this great soundtrack that is now available from Disney Records. Okay, spoiler time. Yes. If you don't want to be spoiled, (laughs) stop listening now. We won't mind. (laughs) So I think a big thing that we're seeing, it's like a trend. We see it in Once Upon a Time, and we've seen it here Mm -hmm. in Maleficent. It's twofold. True love is not always romantic love. Mm -hmm. And the bad guys are often just simply misunderstood. Yes, I agree. I Unfortunately, I did see the true love's kiss thing coming. I I don't like when I know what's going to happen, but you could kind of see that coming from a mile away. But I kind of like the one thing I love about that with movies is that it doesn't have to be the man that saves the day. And that's kind of a new trend because we're seeing all these strong female characters now. Like this movie was basically a female cast. There were a couple token, you know, guy characters, but it was mostly a female cast and it's retelling even at the end they're saying this is a story of a hero and a villain, like one in the same person. So, it's a new trend, but I like it. I like that it, you know, it still involved a little bit of romance, but it didn't have to that didn't run the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of builds on what we learned from Frozen. You just met a guy and you're going to get married with, to him? That day? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> because, and this is the thing that always bothered me about some of the old Disney things is that, oh, it's love at first sight, and then it's true love at first sight. And one of the things that is kind of put forth at the beginning of this movie because Maleficent was hurt was that uh, true love doesn't actually exist, is what she's thinking. And Aurora later on meets this boy. She's not quite dancing, singing um, I, Once Upon a Dream, although Lena Del Rey's song, Once Upon a Dream, or her take on it, is played in the credits. And it's really good. I love that version. Yeah, it is great. Definitely pick up the soundtrack. But Aurora just met this guy, Philip, and they like each other. It looks like love at first sight. But then she's cast into this curse. She's asleep. The fairies bring Philip there and like convince him to kiss her. And I was just thinking in my mind, you want to kiss the girl? (laughs) Little Mermaid. I was just thinking Elsa would not approve of the fairies tactics. (laughs) Yeah, And I was thinking too, you just met the guy. How can it be true love? This, this isn't going to work. And then I was thinking, no, it's, it's, I'm, I'm certain this is not going to work because that's not the guy that has been around her all of her life. The guy who has been around her all of her life is the man in black. <laughs> the, we the never crow got his guy name. Yeah. or the raven. Yeah. That's I, that thought crossed my mind too. We did get his name, but I can't remember how to say it. Well, I'll look it up while we keep talking. But <laughs> I was thinking, especially with the way that they cut to him after true love's kiss didn't work. I was thinking that, boy, this is probably the guy that we're going to discover that he has true love for her. And this is going to be a neat twist to the story because it was kind of the Raven guy that started out having fun playing with Aurora, even though he was a bird, he would just play with her. And uh, while Maleficent was watching her, which that's kind of weird the way Maleficent was watching her all of these years. Yeah. I liked the the take on the Raven character. Um, they did kind of like he kissed her hand the first time he met her, Aurora. So I kind of was like, oh, maybe they're like planting that seed in us that he really loves her too, which I, I'm sure he does really love her. Mm-hmm. Just maybe not like in the same way, um, just in that like familiar way where you just you're friends, you love somebody. I really love what they did with that character because he was kind of like backup and her wings like she yeah. he was supposed to be but also kind of her conscience like mm-hmm. there were a bunch of the times where she was like don't look at me like that or whatever when he was you know indicating that she needed to do something or that he knew kind of where maleficent's heart was yeah and diaval was his name which Diaval's. sounded yeah. to me every time they said it i kept thinking Is, are they saying devil yeah, it did. Or evil. It sounded like either one of those. Yeah, it's diavol. In the various D-I-A-V-A-L. accents. But the true love's kiss actually came from Maleficent, a kiss on the forehead, because of true love, like a motherly love almost, which is kind of weird that, okay, Maleficent cursed this girl to fall into an eternal sleep, yeah. basically, since she believed that there was no such thing as true love's kiss when she cast the curse. And here she is stalking this girl all the time (laughs) watching her grow up talking with her hanging out with her well and taking care of her because those fairies were not doing a very 
stand-up job. <laughs> yeah, I kept thinking, where are the fairies? Where do they think that Aurora is during all of this time when she wanders off? She's gone for the entire day. Surely there's got to be some spindle out there somewhere that they should be concerned about. Yeah. Well, and even when she was a baby, they didn't know how to take care of a baby, and they didn't know what to feed her. And then she was going to run off a cliff. That wasn't something Maleficent did. That was just a kid playing, and the fairies weren't attending to her. Yeah. And the three fairies, by the way, were played by Leslie Manville, Imelda Staunton, and Juno Temple. And Imelda Staunton, if you uh, recognize her, she is from Harry (laughs) Potter. Dolores Umbridge. Yes. I kept expecting her to go, "Mm," or some little squeak. She did a line. I swear she did a line from Harry Potter. When they first got to the cottage, she was saying something to the other fairies, very Dolores Umbridge-y, like, that's unacceptable. Or no, she was saying, I will not stand for something. And then I think she got cut off. And she says that in Harry Potter, like, I will not stand for disobedience in my school or something. And I thought that was awesome. So the whole thing is... This big twist that Maleficent started out good, became a villain because her heart was broken. Among other things. (laughs) Wings cut off. Not just her heart. (laughs) Yeah, and Stefan, here I was thinking that Stefan was going to be this this great guy and something would happen or, or it would be a misunderstanding. But no, he was... Yeah. He had some... He was a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, that heart was very intense to me like it was very well acted which helps with the intensity level but yeah that it was just it was creepy that he did that and just wrong on so many levels obviously and she was probably a little bit justified in some of her feelings post uh stefan yeah but here the hero becomes the villain and then becomes the hero again (laughs) very much once upon a time like and uh, very Interesting. It it made me wonder after watching it, I thought, do we not have villains anymore in movies? But then I was thinking, well, like the Marvel movies and plenty of other movies, yeah, do actually have villains. But what about Disney movies? Do Disney movies actually have villains, evil villains that much anymore? I haven't seen that many Disney movies recently other than Frozen. So I can't really like Frozen actually frozen and this were very much the same in the villain senses more it was more an internal battle that was a little bit beyond their control more like more so in elsa's case but i don't know what other disney movies there've been recently yeah it could just be that they wanted to take this particular spin on it and i think it was a really neat spin to take to tell maleficent's backstory and tell it in a a different way and we get to see all of these new things these new aspects of the story i mean not like new like discovered but made up things that can kind of make sense or that make for a great story and i think that's what maleficent the movie is a great story it's a great twist on a great story i don't know how this movie was written and how the cast came to be but just For Angelina Jolie to even do a movie, like she hasn't done much lately. And I know that she has said that she's stepping back. But I was just going to say, as far as her talents go, this movie, it seems like it was written for her strengths. 
So I really wonder how whether there was collaboration in that sense or whether it was just written that way and then she was cast after. There was definite collaboration because yeah. one of the things I do is I stay until the movie is actually over, which means I stay through the credits. For one thing, I often enjoy soundtracks, so I want to find out how the soundtrack sounds, the theme music and all of that stuff, and I really enjoy that thing. And I also want to stay to see, is there anything at the end after the credits? (laughs) Unfortunately, there wasn't anything after the credits, but something I did see in the credits that I didn't realize going in watching this movie, executive producer... A couple executive producers are listed, and one of them, Angelina Jolie. Okay. Yeah. So she basically produced the part for herself, which explains how it fits so well for her. Well, and her daughter played young Aurora. Her daughter, Vivian, played the one. I don't know for sure. They looked very different, but she for sure played the one running off the cliff. And then I don't know about the one that was talking to her when she was a baby saying up, up, like pick me up or like a toddler kind of. So that was her daughter. And then I am pretty sure I saw her other daughter in the scene where she comes into the christening and as an extra, the oldest daughter. See, I do not at all follow like celebrity life or anything like that. So I didn't know what daughter, (laughs) if any, that might be in this and what she looks like. But that that's really cool. If Yeah, I heard, I don't know if this is true. So this is why I know because my mom follows that stuff. And she told me that her kids were terrified of her dressed up as Maleficent and that <laughs> she had to like put the makeup on in front of them so that they weren't so scared. And that this is what she heard, that it was hard to find a kid that wouldn't be scared of her and so then they cast her daughter. I don't know if that's true. It sounds a little like a stretch. Like showbiz kids are usually pretty fearless, but um, it's she looks like her too. Like she looks like Aurora. So she has the same coloring and stuff. You're saying uh, young Aurora, right? Not young Maleficent? Right. Young Aurora. Okay. Let's see. Five-year-old Aurora is Vivian Julie Pitt. That's the daughter. And then eight-year-old Aurora is Eleanor Worthington Cox. Okay, so that's not a daughter. <laughs> that's really cool. I'm going to have to check and see if her other daughter was an extra because I swear I saw her, but I don't yeah. remember her name, Samara or something. I wouldn't be surprised, but <laughs> great movie. And uh, and also in our chat room right now, Jack is letting us know that Zahara and Pax were at the christening as okay. well. Yeah, I thought I saw them. It was like a pretty close zoom up on their faces that seemed very intentional. So. Where was Brad Pitt then? <laughs> I don't think he likes to like rain on her parade. He's very, uh, other than I heard that he got punched yesterday at the premiere Thanks. by like a paparazzi era fan. I uh, was talking to Timothy, who's been a um, a listener of once and a feedback provider for a while. And he read the book that this is based on um and he, he was saying that a lot was taken out of the the hurt like even more of her backstory like her childhood and her parents but her parents were actually named after shakespeare characters maleficent's parents were named after shakespeare characters from a midsummer night's dream hmm. is that the name of the shakespeare play so i thought that was interesting um just because both of them were named after characters from that play. I don't know the significance. I never did that play in school, so I haven't read it. It's. I found that was a really interesting tidbit, as well as I think 
another fairy that they cut, like a fairy who would have been a main character, but they cut that part. So also another character from A Midsummer's Night Dream. What was cool in the credits that you got to stay and actually read the credits to pick up some of these things. But they said (laughs) that uh, special thanks to legendary Disney animator Mark Davis. And he was an animator for Cinderella 1950, Alice in Wonderland 1951, 101 Dalmatians in 1961, and Sleeping Beauty in 1959. And it was (laughs) around that time that he was really legendary in... Uh, some of the great work that he has done for the animation industry and ways that he really did things so well and imagined, realized things so beautifully. And did it say what he contributed to this or just that? Um, No, he died in uh, January 2000, but he was the animator for the original Sleeping Beauty movie by Walt Disney. And this is, it does actually say in the credits that this movie was based on both the movie from Disney as well as the original book. Okay. So it's a great movie. I I recommend, since you like Once Upon a Time and you're listening to us because you like Once Upon a Time, I recommend that you go see this movie. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Maybe some discretion with how young your kids are that you take with Mm -hmm. you, but still, it is a great movie. Lots of fun. Certainly plenty of things to talk about with your family if you like to discuss the movies that you see. (laughs) I recommend it. It was great. Visually, it was the soundtrack was amazing. It was kind of just it had everything that you would want in a movie. And yeah, it's I know you guys have reviewed Jack the Giant Slayer for this podcast, as well as the Oz movie last year. And I would say violence wise, it's probably about the the same as those. Yeah. Uh, So that would be the only kind of discretion but um yeah i'm i'm probably going to go see it again i really loved it yeah this movie has a good place on the shelf next to the once upon a time dvds and DVDs. which by the way (laughs) we still don't have a release date yet for the third season dvds and blu-rays but we're expecting those to come out very or at least the release date so you can pre-order them very soon and please go to oncepodcast.com slash season three when those are available and you can purchase it through our affiliate link to help support the podcast. Another thing I really liked about the movie is the humor that was in it. So there was a lot of funny little sayings and they kind of broke up the really intense moments. Angelina Jolie had quite a few of them. The actress who played a uh, 16-year-old Aurora had a few kind of funny moments because she was playing kind of like a flighty young teenager. And I, I really enjoyed that. There were lots of, of giggles and laughs through the movie as well. Yeah. And every time they make someone float and they're <laughs> moving them, just this floating body, I had to laugh at that because it just looks so funny to me that just yeah. this whoo, gold dust on them yeah. and makes them fall asleep. And then they, it's like carrying around some luggage. <laughs> and then they just kind of have to tug them. Diavel just had to kind of pull them along when they were going into the castle with the floating prince. <laughs> yeah, it made me think even a little bit of Star Wars, how they have the little floating platform for moving the frozen Han Solo. I will take your word for it. If you'd like to comment on some of the things that we brought up in this episode and want to continue the discussion and share your thoughts with us about what you thought of the movie Maleficent, then please comment on the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash one. Five two for episode 152 and we'd really appreciate that continue to send us your feedback for 
upcoming discussions for Once Upon a Time because we will be having some summer specials, maybe get to have some little surprises, and we'll have some feedback episodes, discuss some theories. Maybe we'll have a discussion about the movie Frozen and some other Disney movies. But <laughs> uh, some of the other Once Upon a Time podcasts are also doing some really cool things too, like uh, Jeff and Colleen Roney are doing a Disney movie rewatch over the summer, which is going to be really cool. Uh, a couple of the other podcasts are doing rewatches and we might participate with them like a season two and a season three wa- rewatch and stuff like that. We might coordinate some together and work together on some of that. And we've got a lot of things going on. So do the other podcasters. So check out all the other Once Upon a Time podcasts as well over at oncepodcast.com slash more podcasts. And also thanks to Crapple, Kelsey Ann, The Real Decuff, Bellaboo 50, and... I'm guessing it's butterfly, 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 or maybe it's star, 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 or maybe it's block, 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 but for your kind iTunes reviews. (laughs) They really encourage us and they help other people find the podcast too. If you haven't left a review yet, please go to oncepodcast.com slash iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at oncepodcast and send us your feedback by emailing feedback at oncepodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-231. You can also go to the website oncepodcast.com and send a voice message through the site for the podcast on your theories, speculation for season four of Once Upon a Time, and more for our discussion of upcoming episodes. And follow each of us on Twitter. I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Aaron, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. And you can get all of our other Twitter accounts over at oncepodcast.com. So continue listening. Have a great summer, and until next time, remember, a king does not take orders from a winged elf, and thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.